The Orthodox Journey. In this edition of The Orthodox Journey, we reflect upon the Gospel reading on the 12th Sunday of Matthew with Panayota Kranidiotis. Thomae Kustas will bring us our Saint of the Week. This week it's Saint Moses the Black, while George Passus will speak about the beginning of the Church New Year. This is The Orthodox Journey. The Holy Gospel on the 12th Sunday of Matthew, with Panayota Granitiotis of the Greek Orthodox Ladies Group. In today's Gospel reading from the Apostle Matthew, we hear of an encounter between our Lord and a young man. Now behold, at that time a young man came and said to him, Good teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honour your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have observed from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In this encounter with our Lord, the rich young ruler must have thought that he had already met all of God's requirements. So when the Lord told him to keep the commandments of the Old Testament, the man said that he had checked them all off, that he had kept them his entire life. Then the Lord gives him a commandment that he could not imagine following. Sell all that you have, give to the poor and come follow me. This fellow was rich and powerful and loved his comfortable lifestyle, so he became very sad and walked away. The Lord knew how hard it was for people who have it all in this life to enter the kingdom of heaven, for they attempted strongly to follow, to love their possessions and status more than God and neighbour. Still, as the Lord said to his stunned disciples, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. What did Christ mean by speaking in this way? He certainly was not simply adding another law that the Jews had to obey. Instead, he challenged this man to stop thinking about his relationship with God as a set of requirements that he could master. 
in the legalistic Jewish tradition of abiding by specific rules in every aspect of life, the young man may be forgiven for thinking that he had completed the checklist of expectations. However, Christ challenges the young man to aspire to achieve perfection. If you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Just like the young man, our Lord today draws our attention to perfection. However, what he presents to us is radically different from society's standards. Modern society's ideas of perfection may involve physical beauty, athletic prowess, or financial success. Christ's idea of perfection is a spiritual model of developing the image of God within us. He presents an image of complete self-sacrifice and obedience that has as its goal the complete union of the individual with our Creator. In this scene, Christ urges the young man to think of this earthly life more than the sum of what is acquired here. By urging him to sell all his possessions and give to the poor in order to attain treasure in heaven, he reminds the man of the eternal life to come and that we need to concern ourselves with adding to our eternal treasure box. This lack of attention on the eternal is a common feature of us modern people of the 21st century where we lose sight of the momentary nature of life on earth compared with the great expanse that is eternity. As Bishop Galistos Ware writes, let us think of our human existence as a book. Most people regard this present life as the actual text, the main story, and they see the future life, if indeed they believe that there is any future life, as no more than an appendix. But the genuinely Christian attitude is the exact reverse of this. Our present life is in reality no more than the preface, the introduction, while it is the future life that constitutes the main story. The moment of death signifies not the conclusion of the book, but the start of chapter 1. Apart from opening our eyes to the significance of life to come, our Lord challenges the rich young man and us today to detach ourselves from the value we place on riches and success. He knows the entrapment and debilitating effect on the human soul when we cling to worldly riches and modern success. Metropolitan Anthony Bloom of Surus explains this point. The moment we cling to anything, we become slaves of it. I remember when I was young, a man telling me, don't you understand that the moment you have taken a copper coin in your hand and are not prepared to open your hand to let it go, you have lost the use of a hand, the use of an arm, the use of your body, because all your attention will be concentrated on not losing this copper coin, the rest will be forgotten. Whether we keep in our hand a copper coin, or whether we feel rich in so many other ways, intellectually, emotionally, materially, is irrelevant. We are prisoners. We have lost the use of a limb, the use of our mind, the use of our heart. We can no longer be free, and the kingdom of God is a kingdom of freedom. Does this mean, then, that the kingdom of God is open only to the destitute, to those who are materially poor, who lack everything on earth? No, the kingdom of God is open to all who are not enslaved by possessions. As Christ himself explained in the first beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit 
are those who have understood that they possess nothing which is their own, and that everything they are or possess is a gift from God. On this point, St. Clement of Alexandria wrote, As a further motivation to give, remember that Jesus gave his all to save us. For each of us he gave his life. Because he gave his life for us, he demands we give our lives for each other. If we owe our very lives to our brothers, shall we then hoard our wealth and keep it away from them? No, no. The true Christian brother loves his brothers. Love seeks not her own, but is diffused on the brother. St. Paul had something in common with the superficial righteousness of this rich young ruler, for he had been a Pharisee who had persecuted the church. He had been an expert in the kind of self-righteous legalism that Christ so clearly rejected. But the Lord opened his eyes to the truth by blinding him on the road to Damascus. And instead of being paralyzed by shame, Paul accepted that by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. He knew that whatever he accomplished was not somehow his own achievement, but the grace of God working through him. He knew that his life in Christ was not a reward for perfect behaviour, but a sign of the Lord's great mercy, even for the most sinful of his servants. Christ became a human being to do what a mere law could never do, to bring us into his holiness, to make us partakers of his divine nature, to heal and fulfil our fallen, corrupted humanity, and to make it possible for us mortals to put on immortality. Let us then detach ourselves from the burden of material possessions and the longing for worldly success, and rather focus on laying treasures for the eternal life to come, through our spiritual struggle, almsgiving, and acts of compassion to those around us. And even though we may fall short by our weak human nature, we take courage in God's mercy and final promise in this verse that although salvation may seem impossible for us humans, with God all things are possible. Saint of the Week with Thomae Kustos of the Greek Orthodox Ladies Group The Orthodox Church is made up of saints from all walks of life. Some were royalty, some experienced poverty and homelessness, some raised by Christian parents while others atheists, some were married whilst others became ascetics, some theologians and educated, and others fools for Christ. Our saints possessed many qualities, and each struggled differently. Saint Moses the Ethiopian of Skethi is an example of our Church's diversity and God's desire for us all to be crowned in his kingdom. Saint Moses lived in Egypt in the 4th century. From a young boy, he was physically developed, tall and of broad stature. In his youth, he was a slave to a very important man. But Moses was not the standard slave. In fact, he was almost impossible for his master to manage. At a young age, Moses committed a murder, and as punishment, his master banished him. Having no other refuge, Moses joined a band of robbers and began living a life of crime and violence.
because of his immense physical strength and at the time also his horrible character. Moses soon became the gang's leader. He and his gang were feared in the area because of their violence and robberies. They tore through villages and murdered innocent people. Fear would overtake a person even when they would hear the name of these bandits, especially Moses. Travellers took care to avoid places where there was any chance they would encounter him, and authorities would make every effort to capture him, but Moses would always outwit them and avoid arrest. One day, Moses came across a monastery in his travels, in the place of Skieti. Many monks and hermits lived in this desert monastery. Moses, realizing that the monastery must have many riches inside, climbed the walls of the monastery and began to look for treasures inside the grounds. Suddenly, he burst into a room where the abbot of the monastery was. There, Moses found a humble Abba Isidore, who immediately made an impression on him. It was in this moment Moses came to himself. This can be considered nothing less than a miracle. In a single moment, a man of great sin, a man who had intentionally caused harm to so many for many years, saw his reflection and the person that he was. Abba Isidore, merely by his presence, shone the light of Christ. How important is it for us too, as Orthodox Christians, to be an example like Abba Isidore? By the grace of God, through Abba Isidore's example, Moses was allowed to be exposed and to, for the first time, see his own sin. From this day, Moses sought to join the Brotherhood and become a monk. He quickly learned that this lifestyle, a lifestyle of repentance, was not easy and not a one-off event. Initially, the monks in the monastery did not believe that his repentance was sincere, but the former robber was not driven away by this, and he became completely obedient to Abba Isidore. Saint Moses did not overcome his passions quickly. Despite his great efforts, he continued to be attacked by the devil, using his passions from his earlier life. He often sought advice and guidance from Abba Isidore. Being experienced in the spiritual struggle, Abba Isidore taught him to never overeat and to practice moderation. Despite this struggle, Moses continued to suffer from terrifying dreams of his past, and for this, Abba Isidore taught him to keep all night vigil. Moses also undertook tasks throughout the night to assist him in his struggle. Through the night, he would carry water to each of the cells of the brothers so that they themselves would not have to struggle. Here we see that Moses replaced his passions with positive habits which would help him to develop humility, patience and love.
Having spent many years in the monastery, Moses was ordained a deacon. The bishop of the time attired him in white vestments and said, Abba Moses is now entirely white. The saint answered, What makes it purely white? The outer or the inner? One time, the bishop decided to test the humility of Moses and instructed the other clergy of the monastery to drive him out of the altar whilst mocking him for being an unworthy black Ethiopian. With complete humility, Moses accepted the abuse. Following this test, the bishop elevated Moses to the priesthood, and over the course of 15 years, Moses gathered around 75 disciples. When Moses was around 75 years old, he forewarned the other monks that soon a gang would descend on the monastery and murder all who were there. The saint blessed his monks to leave so that their lives would be spared. The other monks pleaded that he also join them, however his response was, I many years already have waited for this time, when upon me there should be fulfilled the words which my master, the Lord Jesus Christ, did speak. All who take up the sword will die by the sword. As Moses had foretold, a violent group of robbers descended onto the monastery and slaughtered all who were there, including Moses. There is much that we can learn from the life of Saint Moses. Although most of us have not committed such crimes, we have not murdered or stolen from others, Saint Moses is for us the ultimate example of repentance, of throwing off our old selves, our self-centeredness, our pride and running towards Christ, falling at his feet. Saint Moses's great change was realized through his obedience. We have the same opportunity in our daily lives and this obedience is necessary for our own repentance and transformation to occur. The church in its wisdom provides us with the opportunity to cut off our will. It provides us with the fasts and the divine services to refocus and reprioritize. Like Saint Moses, we too are invited by the church to establish a relationship with the spiritual father, often also our spiritual confessor. Abba Isidore understood Moses and his passions and at the same time saw his strengths. In this way, he was able to guide him and challenge him to grow closer to God, removing the thorns of his former self. Our own spiritual fathers do the same for us today. Based on our individual circumstances, they guide us to overcome our passions and prescribe us with the specific medicine that we need to cure our illnesses. Saint Moses was an example of great endurance and perseverance. He saw his repentance as a daily occurrence and continued to fight himself and his passions every day. May Saint Moses intercede for us, and may his great transformation inspire a change in our own lives, starting today, in this very moment.
Orthodox Spiritual Reflection with George Passus of the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. During the First Ecumenical Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, the Holy Fathers ordained the 1st of September to be the beginning of the church year. This tradition continues to this day, and indeed, for large periods of time, the civil new year in the Christian world was also on the 1st of September. This day is a day of great celebration and thanksgiving in our church just like the 1st of January is for our modern secularised world. In the Old Testament, the Jews celebrated the harvest around this time. This was an occasion for gathering the crops and offering thanks to God before starting anew with the sowing of the seeds for the production of future crops. Symbolically, this represents the closure of one cycle of life and the beginning of the next. It was also during this feast of the Jews that Jesus entered the synagogue in Nazareth and read from the prophet Isaiah. And this is the event that we commemorate in the Gospel reading on the 1st of September. The Apolitikion on the 1st of September, or on the day of the Church New Year, draws on these themes and is as follows. Creator of the universe, Setting times and seasons by your sole authority. Bless the cycle of the year of your grace, O Lord, guarding our rulers and your nation in peace at the intercession of the Theotokos and save us. Brothers and sisters, this is a time to thank God for everything that he has done for us up until this point in our lives. It is a time to entreat God to bless the coming year. It is a time to internally decide to change our own lives so that we can be more spiritual and holy. In a similar way to how the world celebrates the 1st of January with fireworks and with New Year resolutions, we should also celebrate the 1st of September with spiritual fireworks and with resolutions to repent for our sins and strengthen our spiritual struggle in the year to come. St. Dimitri of Rostov says the following for this day. Therefore, offering him thanksgiving, let us celebrate the acceptable year of the Lord, for we have received many and ineffable good things from his hand. Let us make haste to be well-pleasing in his sight. Instead of silver, Christ our King requires of us the virtue of undoubting trust in God, which more than silver assures a man of a prosperous life. Such is the immaterial silver which the Lord requires of us. He commands that we trust not in riches which quickly perish, but that we trust in the living God. Instead of gold, Christ our King demands the most precious virtue, unfeigned love for God and our neighbour, 
always represented by the teachers of the church as gold because of its great value. Just as gold is more precious than silver, brass or iron, so love is more honourable than hope and faith. Thus let us celebrate the new year as the Apostle counsels us, saying, We should walk in newness of life, that we should serve God in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. May God bless this coming year and bring spiritual fruits to us all. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Orthodox Journey. To keep up to date with our podcast, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or head to orthodoxjourney.com where you can find even more Orthodox articles, talks, sermons and podcasts.